Hey, folks, Russ Bailey here. It's time for another Brush Pile Fishing Podcast right here on iHeartRadio. And as always, we've got a great guest in store going to a state we have never uh, talked about before. We're going to the state of Oklahoma with my good friend, Fred Carter. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Brush Pile Fishing. folks russ bailey back here on brush pile fishing it's time for another podcast and before we get started i'd like to thank my fine sponsors first of all bnm poles who have been with me ever since the beginning uh bonehead tackle slime line driftmaster and crappie magnet and on the line with us now from oklahoma my good friend fred carter fred how we doing today good russ how you guys doing Good. You know, we're uh, in the month of August now. Is it snowing yet in Oklahoma? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, not close. But I tell you what, uh, we actually have a little cool front that comes through and kind of cooled us down a little bit. Typically, this time of year, you know, we're in the 100 degree weather. But uh, right now, it's about 80 degrees outside. So it's perfect fishing weather. You know, one of the reasons I want to do the podcast with you, you know, we we talk a lot of fishing. Me and you talk on the phone as well as on, uh, you know, Facebook. But um, you sent me a video uh, a week or so ago, and it's been hot. It has been a hot summer here. So I know in Oklahoma and Texas it's been hot. But you went out, and it looked like you were in a creek, not on the main lake. You started fishing. You're catching these fish. And then you start talking about, catching these things in shallow, shallow water with the cork in this hot summer weather. Tell me about that. Yes. Uh, wow. You know, typically we think fishermen think we know everything. And, you know, fishermen, I say sometimes crappie are like women. We never can figure them out all the time. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> True. You know, uh, one of my guy friends, Brian Young, uh, you know, great guy. And, you know, he guys on Lake Eupaula. And which you follow is probably one of the best crappie lakes around. Uh, I think it's ranked out of all the all the lakes uh, around the United States. I think it's ranked like number six or seven. So it's a, it's a great lake. You can catch a lot of fish there. But most people this day that when Brian, me and Brian went, most of the guys were on the main lake fishing the brush piles. Well, we went back to the creek area, and of course, you know, having lots goes definitely is an advantage to have that because. Uh, you know, even though you had deep water, these fish were holding right off the banks uh, in brush that was anywhere from three to seven foot of water. Let, and, let me stop uh, you right there. So three to seven foot of water. What kind of yeah. water temperatures did you have? The water temp was around 86, 87, 88 degrees. Wow. It's the water temp during that time. And I, and I guess for some reason I had heard this, so I'm not a biologist, but, you know, I had heard a guy tell me this before about you follow that. You know, when it's 100 degrees, he's catching fish in five foot of water. And I'm thinking, no way. But they actually said that the water is actually cooler at that level, at that depth, than it is even in the deeper water. And I'm like, okay. Well, I said, I didn't believe it at first, but when we started catching fish, you know, it made a believer out of me real fast. And you and you were throwing a jig and cork on. Yes. I, you know, I have a friend that uh, uh, they own their own baby tackle shop here in Oklahoma. And when I first met him, his name was Carl Jones. We started, he, he taught me, you know, about fishing with a cork. And there's these little corks that have a weight on the bottom of it. And the, the key to this cork is just tying to the bottom of it, not tying to the top of it. Because when you tie to the bottom where the weight's at, 
it allows you to bounce that jig really radically. And I mean, it's trigger strikes when, when other people are not getting bites, uh, it triggers strikes. So anyway, we were off, uh, uh, there was a big tree that fell on the water from the bank and the, the tree extended out, you know, maybe 15 feet into the water, but I'm throwing up there fishing two and a half foot deep with my jig and cord and right by this tree. And I'm sitting there catching them like it's springtime. Man. I mean, every time I threw by that tree, the cork gets shot straight under. And I mean, and they were, they were nice crappie, real nice crappie. Well, and I got to see some of the video. Yeah, you you guys were having a good time. And it's not like you were catching a fish an hour. You guys were putting it on them. Yes, we did. Uh, at that time, you know, we would find fish. And uh, I remember particularly there was uh, a couple of trees that, you know, we sat there and pulled 10, 11 crappie off of one tree. You know, and that for the summertime, that's really, really good to pull them off of one tree like that. Uh, but like I said, you fall at such a great lake and there's so many crappie all over this lake. Uh, and having a live scope, you just, you're going to find fish and you're going to catch fish at this lake. Now, when you were not using the cork and you're using that live scope, or live scope were you guys basically straight vertical jigging or were you pitching out beyond the fish and letting it come back? Because I know guys prefer, you know, one or the other. What, what technique was you guys using the most? Right. Well, you know, that's the thing about crappie fishing. Uh, there's, you know, they'll, they'll tell you how the presentation they want, which one is more uh, sufficient for them. Uh, this day, we were basically just dropping straight down on them. Uh, you know, there's other days that you're right. We, we had to catch them pitching out to them and let them, and let them chase them. But this particular day, they were hammering it, just, you know, dropping straight on top of them. I mean, we'd get on a tree. You know, if we weren't using the cork, we'd get up on a tree and drop straight down on top of them. And I mean, we just warm out that day, you know, dropping straight up and down on them. And that's the great thing about the live scope, you know, where if you had a regular regular depth finder, you may not see that individual fish like you do on the live scope. And, and then you also see where your jig is at, you know, to where the fish is at. So a lot of times, you know, you're fishing with that regular graph and you don't know whether you're above the fish or beneath the fish. But with the live scope, why it's such a great asset is because you see exactly where your jig is at and where the fish is at and to get them to trigger that bite. And uh, like I said, there's sometimes they'll run from it. Sometimes they'll look at it, and then they'll come up to it, but then just turn and run off from it. You can't make them hit, but you definitely know their reaction and how they're going to react to it. You know, that's funny you say that because last week's podcast I uh, recorded was with Derek Fulton, my uh, buddy from Georgia, and and we were talking about that. You know, the live scope for all the great things it does, it can make, it can make uh, you pretty humble quick too because there's sometimes you just cannot get those fish to hit. And you see, man, they'll come right up to that jig. You think they have it, and it doesn't matter what you do, they're not going to hit it. Yes, yeah, they, they get finicky at times, you know, like I said. No offense, they're like women. We just can't figure them out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, Fred, me and you've yes, been sir. talking for a while. I know uh, without going into details, you just had a surgery and you're recovering fine, but you're still a little sore and it's going to take a little time. But uh, rumor has it that uh, when you are all back and put together, uh, you're going to be starting your own guide service. Yes, I am. You know, uh, it's something how, you know, my dad at a young age, you know, instilled fishing into me. Uh, you know, we come from a very, very athletic family, and there's, there's 11 of us. And okay, stop right there. Yes, you do. Now go into a little bit more detail. How athletic well, is your family? <laughs> well, we're pretty athletic. You know, we I got I do have a famous brother, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Carter. Uh, 
you know, everybody knows Joe from his days playing with the Toronto Blue Jays when in 1993. Uh, and the Cleveland Indians before that. And it, yeah, well, actually, if you want to go deeper than that, he was with Chicago Cubs first. Yep. Joe was the second pick in the nation in 81, and uh, he was with the Cubs. And ironically, Joe got traded from Chicago to Cleveland while he was in Oklahoma City playing against the 89ers, the Oakland, the Texas Rangers uh, uh, AAA team. So he played his last minor league game here in Oklahoma and got traded to Cleveland for Rick Sutcliffe. Yeah. So I was like, how ironic that he's here in Oklahoma playing and he gets traded that day. And uh, But then he Joe went on to play in Cleveland, then he went to San Diego, then he got traded from San Diego to Toronto. And at first, Joe didn't like the trade to Toronto because he's thinking it's cold up there, the taxes, they didn't like that, another a different country. But once he got there, he fell in love with Toronto. I mean, they were drawing 50,000 people every game at the Sky Dome. And so Joe became an instant all-star there in Toronto. And then, you know, everybody knows the rest of the story. They won the World Series in 92 against the Braves. And then in 93, they, they beat the Phillies to go back-to-back. Uh, even to this day, Joe still has a golf tournament every year in Toronto that benefits the Children's Aid Foundation. And, you know, he's had guys like Bo Jackson, Charles Barkley, Ozzie Smith, Jonathan Ogden, you know, uh, Barry Larkin, uh, all these guys have come. In fact, even Moses Malone came to it uh, the year before Moses passed away. Uh, he was coming to Joe's tournament. So he's had a great bunch of guys that come to this tournament. I've got to meet a lot of these guys. And a lot of these guys love to fish also. Yep. So, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just uh, fishing is just a, to me, it's just a peaceful way to get out and enjoy life. And I, and I love it. And you know, uh, the story is when uh, when me and my dad was uh, when we were in uh, when I was in school, like I say, coming from a big family, there was not much money during that time, and all the kids were going to the fair, the state fair. Well, my dad said I couldn't go because he didn't have the money so I can go, and I was I remember sitting on the porch crying, and all of a sudden my dad came out the house with the fishing rod. He said, "You want to go fishing?" I forgot all about that fair then. <laughs> I mean, I was so ecstatic to go fishing, and that's how I loved fishing, and it was instilled in me, and I thank God that my father, you know, instilled those things in me because it's my passion, and I love it. You know, I could be out on the lake, you know, all day. Uh, when I go fishing, I'm I'm early. So if you tell me to meet you at 5 o'clock, I'm going to be there at 445 because I'm ready to go fishing. And that's just, you know, and so loving it. So, you know, I've been doing detailing cars, and as I get older, my body, you know, can't take it. So I'm like, I got to find something else I can do. And everybody kept telling me, Fred, why do you not got, you know, you, you have the personality to deal with people, you know how to catch fish. And uh, they said, you'd be a perfect guy. So I kind of took it at heart and I thought about it and I said, you know what, that don't sound like a bad idea. So then I met you, you know, we met through Facebook, you know, great thing about social media is you make, you meet great people. Yes. And, uh, and I met you. And so, you know, it just really confirmed with me to go ahead and do this. And then you've helped me out with things, uh, you know, as far as, B&M rods and stuff like that. And, of course, I love using your Russ Bailey Rod Signature Series rod. I got everybody in Oklahoma using that rod now. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I got a guy that called me yesterday asking about one, where to get one at. So, so I told him he can get it from the website. I'll get it from Walmart here in Oklahoma. So you're going to get more people getting those rods, Russ. They love them. Well, I, so, you know, I appreciate that, buddy. No, hey, I think that's how, you know, this our world should be where – you know, we scratch each other's back. We look after each other. And I think that if we get that concept, I think this world will be a whole lot better place, you know? I I, I understand that, man. We got a ways to go, but we just got to keep working at it for sure. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. All think, we can do is do our part. 
I think me and you tried to solve some world problems over the phone several times, haven't we? Yes, we have, Russ. You know, I, I just think that, you know, my heart and passion is that, you know, I look at each individual or us, you know, we're so caught up and taught that the human race, that there's different races. I never have agreed with that. I believe that we're all the human race, and that's one race. Uh, we've been taught different, and I think that's that's what separates us so much is because we've been taught these things. And uh, some things have to be unlearned before we can teach them the new thing. You know, and I think it's more people teach us that we're all one. And I and we laugh about this because I referenced where I talked about the time that I said that, Russ, you're the big white crappie and I'm the big black crappie. <laughs> but one thing about it is we're all crappie. So, you know, and that's the way I look at it. You know, I, I don't judge anyone by the color of their skin or, you know, or what the past, you know, we just can't do that. And I think if we get that in our in our mindset that, you know, that's what change takes place. It takes it takes place with each individual first before it can take effect affect on a nation. They have to change within a person. Yes, sir. Yeah, I agree that. I agree. And yeah. and the best way is getting a boat with somebody, go fishing. Everything oh, goes my away. God. Yes. Everything yes. goes yes. away. Yes. Yes, it is. It does. I mean you just and that's one thing that I endeavor to do when I do start guiding is I want people to have an experience, you know, uh, not just catching fish. Of course, you know they better catch fish because you won't be a guy alone if you don't catch fish. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I want them to have a pleasant time to where, you know, they enjoy the conversation more so than the fishing. And, you know, and that, that you know, I know that once I do get to fish with you, we're going to have so much fun fishing, you know, we're, we're not even thinking about the fish. But and I, I love those days when I can, you know, sometimes not even catching fish but be on the lake with someone and you're having a good time, that means more to me than anything. Absolutely. And, folks, we're going to keep you posted both on our podcast, our Brush Bio page, um, our website, Once Fred's uh, Guide Service is up and running. We're going to have all that information that you can give him a call and book a trip. And like I say, we've had many conversations. You will absolutely love fishing with a man, but just talking to the man in general, you're going to have a great time. Um, you know, Fred, and I know it's a long haul, and I know you're recovering from a surgery, but want to change gears here a bit. And I think you've heard about this tournament we're going to be putting on here at Brush Pile. But for you folks that may not know anything about it, uh, I want to talk about and remind you about the big benefit tournament that the Brush Pile fishing team is putting on. It's called the Never Give Up, Never Quit Tournament. This will be held on October 10th on Delaware Lake here in Ohio. All proceeds from this tournament will go to the Travis Mills Foundation. And then folks, if you've never heard of Travis Mills, he's a uh, retired Army vet. He had both arms and both legs blown off. Um, he had a small baby at home and a wife. The man made a remarkable comeback. If you get a ch chance, look up the Travis Mills movie trailer. They made a movie about him. Um, check that out. It'll put a lump in your throat for sure. Um, and now he started the Travis Mills Foundation where they take disabled vets and their families for a week-long vacation on their property. They've got a golf course, a fishing lake, you name it. If they just want to go there, get away and relax. It's all for disabled veterans and their families. It's a super organization. We are very proud to be a part of it. Um, and we are trying to get anglers from every state. 
I mean, we want to make this a yearly tournament. We want to make it a super big tournament. And, you know, we we say all the proceeds are going to the Travis Mills Foundation, but we're also going to pay some anglers, including we got a $2,000 check waiting for the winners of this thing. So, uh, again, Fred, I know you're probably not going to be healed enough to make that long trip, but maybe next year, bud. I'd love to see you up here. That's in October? Yes, sir, October 10th. Well, I don't know, Russ. I, I, I may be able to make that. And Well, and I'll tell you another cool thing. We're actually going to do a television show on that tournament itself. Of course, we'll be interviewing Travis because he will be here so he can meet all the anglers. Um, and this show is going to be an hour-long show, and we will air it on the Pursuit Channel on Veterans Day, and that's pretty darn cool. That's awesome. So, well, I'll tell you what, Fred, I really appreciate you joining us. Any other tips for fishing you follow this time of year you want to give the folks? Uh, yeah, especially as it gets hotter, uh, you know, in the, in the dog days of August. Uh, early in the morning, you want to try the bridges that you follow, uh, the highway bridges, and you want to try the shoulders first. Uh, those fish seem to come up on those shoulders uh, early in the morning, you know, at daybreak, and you can catch those fish anywhere from four to eight foot deep. And then as the sun come up, they move out to the pillars. And that's where electronics come in handy because right now they're moving from that shoulders and they, they're moving to about, oh, I think they're getting around 20 foot deep on the pillars right now. Uh, and then if you can withstand the heat, uh, find you some trees. Uh, you can fish anywhere from anywhere trees, anywhere from five to basically 13 foot deep. If you find some trees in that area, they're going to hold fish and they're going to be there. But don't give up on the shallow trees because uh, you never would you never would think that those fish would be there during the heat of the day. But believe me, they are. Here's another tip for you fishermen too: whenever you're fishing new places, always look when you start to see corks in trees and stuff like that, or you know, on the bank if you spend a lot of jigs down on the ground, it's the reason that they're there. They're normally going to be good spots to fish. So I've always targeted that. So when I see corks up in a tree or something. That's one of the first places I look to go to because I know that somebody's throwing in that tree for a reason. So especially when you see more than one in there. So always remember that. Look for, look for those signs, visible signs that, you know, can pinpoint that where fish actually may be. Have you left any of them corks in the trees? No, I take mine out. I'm smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fred, man, as always, it's been a pleasure talking to you, buddy. You too, Russ. I appreciate the time. All right. Thank you for joining us, and I'll talk to you again soon, my friend. All right. You guys have an awesome day. Good fishing, people. Fred Carter from the state of Oklahoma, folks. It's always a pleasure to talk to him. And uh, right now, before we wrap up the podcast, we're going to switch gears and go over a little bit of tournament action. Uh, let's start with the Crappie Masters Tournament Trail. They will be having their national championship September 23rd through 26th on the Wachita River. The East Tennessee Crappie Club, their next tournament is September 9th, or September 19th on Teleco. Uh, the American Crappie Trail, August 28th and 29th on the Wachita River, and September 11 and 12 on the Big Lake, Grenada, Mississippi. Crappie USA, Carlisle, Illinois on September 12th, and then on September 18th, they'll be at Lake Cumberland. Uh, this will be a super event. And then in September uh, on the 26th, they'll be at beautiful Dale Hollow in Tennessee. Uh, wrapping things up, the Northeast Ohio Crappie Club. August 15th, they'll be at Berlin. August 23rd at Pyman Tuning. And September 12th on Lake Milton. 
And I think as we are talking, I just got a text from my good friend, Derek Fulton, uh, who started a crappie club down at Clarks Hill. And let me see what they've got schedule-wise coming up. All right, September 19th. It's called Crappie on the Hill. This is a Clarks Hill Tournament Trail. September 19th is their next one. Contact Derek Fulton uh, on Facebook or Crappie on the Hill. You'll get all the information you need and uh, give that Tournament Trail a try. So before we wrap it up, folks, I'd like to remind you that if you would like to get any of the tackle we use on our Brush Pile show, just go to brushpilefishing.com. Everything we use on the show to catch fish is on our website, and you can purchase it there. We also have a clearance section uh, where you can get some deep discounts. All of our sponsor products are there, so check it out. You can also sign up for the Travis Mills Foundation Tournament right there, folks. And again, I want to see everyone there. Um, it's, it's something we do for our veterans, and we're very proud of it. So, folks, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, Fred Carter, our guest. From Oklahoma, I sure enjoyed talking to him, and we will be back next week here on Brush Mile Fishing with another weekly podcast here on iHeartRadio. Thanks for joining us, folks. For more Brush Pile Fishing excitement, find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.